0: really happy to be with you here today we're going to talk uh, about the problem of rest today and uh, to do that i'm going to read from matthew 11 verses 25 through 30. at that time jesus declared i thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things things of the kingdom from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children yes father for such was your gracious will And my burden is light. Uh, Tim Kreider in an op-ed for the New York Times points out that in today's world uh, being busy has become a sort of uh, self-justification for our existence. Uh, He writes, if you live in America in the 21st century you've probably had to listen to a lot of people tell you how busy they are. It's become the default response when you ask anyone how they're doing. Busy, so busy, crazy busy. It's pretty obviously a boast disguised as a complaint, and the stock response is a kind of congratulation. That's a good problem to have, or better than the opposite. So Kreider says, I, almost everyone I know is busy. They feel anxious and guilty when they aren't either working or doing something to promote their work. Indeed, uh, that is the world we live in. Uh, and as a result of this frantic busyness in a constantly connected smartphone world, where they're really, the, the barriers are very fuzzy between work life and home life, it's all mixed together now, uh, we don't know how to rest we don't know how to not be busy and we value ourselves by how busy we are by how in demand we are and as a matter of fact we may actually fear uh, real rest I think we actually do fear rest and yet is it's into this kind of over busy stressed out world that our Lord uh, comes to us and gives us the simple solution come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. So, what does that look like? Uh, Why do we fight rest? Why do we fear it so much? Uh, Well, I think, number one, because it means God's in control. If you uh, listen again to verse 25, or you look again at verse 25, I won't read the whole thing, Uh, you'll notice that it says at the very beginning uh, that this passage comes at a particular time. At that time, Jesus declared something. Well, what was going on at that time? In the context of the passage, Jesus has just gotten done declaring condemnation to, uh, to major cities of importance because of their unwillingness to repent and recognize his lordship. And in that kind of rebuke, he says back in verse 17 of this same chapter, to this generation of people that they were, quote, like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance, we sang a dirge and you didn't mourn. Now, what that essentially means is the reason this, these people refused to repent is because they wanted to pull the strings. They wanted control, like kids playing a tune and demanding that God dance the way they want them to. That's what Jesus is saying. They were trying to do with him. They wanted to be in control of their own lives, to be in control of their own salvation, to be in, tro- in control of their own relationship to God. And in contrast, Jesus essentially says in this passage, no, I'm in control. As he goes on to say uh, the only way that you have any relationship with me is if I choose to reveal myself and my father to you so that's the first thing I think we desperately fear about rest because it means acknowledging the patently obvious truth that we run from all the time and that is we don't control things we are not in control And that drives us nuts. You see, we're prone to fooling ourselves into believing that what we do or don't do makes God indebted to us. But Jesus is just the opposite. Instead of working to get God's favor, Jesus tells us that the thing we need to do most of all is simply rest in God's favor through Christ. When we simply rest in God's gracious will, it is us acknowledging that God ultimately has control of our days that yes, we may, we may plan our way, but the Lord directs our steps, and that can be terrifying. Uh, Robert Capon pictures the prayer of someone with a heart that's averse to simply resting in the grace of God and in His kind of plan for our lives, and and he has this wonderful sort of caricatured prayer of the person who refuses to rest, and it goes like this: Lord, please restore to us the comfort of merit and demerit show us that there is at least something we can do tell us that at the end of the day there will at least be one redeeming card of our very own lord if it's not too much to ask send us to bed with a few shreds of self-respect upon which we can congratulate ourselves but whatever you do do not preach grace give us something to do anything but spare us the indignity of this indiscriminate acceptance so I, I think the first reason we fear rest is because it confirms that Jesus is ultimately in control and we're not, and that scares us. But uh, along with this, uh, I think another reason we fear rest is because uh, it means we're not as important as we think we are. We're not as important as we think we are. Here, Here's the deal. Some of us very easily fall into the trap of actually believing that if we're not always available to do everything, someone asks of us, that the world around us just might fall apart. And what Jesus is essentially saying to us when he says rest is, no, in reality, the only way the world falls apart is if I say, hey, world, fall apart. Uh, you doing something or not doing something isn't going to alter my plans for the world one iota. It's not. Jesus is ultimately saying, like, no, no, you're good. Like, it, it's, I'm going to continue to make things grow, I'm going to continue to accomplish my plan and I'm gonna ask you to rest and in, in, trust me to do that. Now, applying this in a, in a spiritual sense, many of us have been led to believe that the, a truly godly life is one in which we're constantly serving or doing something. Uh, the church has been great at loading up guilt on people's shoulders to get them to serve more and more and more and more and more. Uh, and uh, in contrast to that, there's a story found in Luke 10 that addresses this very issue. Uh, Jesus is coming for a visit, and you just know that the house has got to be spotless when, uh, you know, God comes by. Imagine the pressure uh, to clean for God. And so Martha is doing what most people would do in this situation. She's busying herself with making everything just right for the Lord. Luke tells us that Martha was distracted with much serving. Meanwhile, her sister Mary isn't doing a dang thing. She's doing nothing how annoying is that when you are trying to make the house look just right and your roommate your spouse is just sitting there doing nothing and martha is working herself into a tizzy and has finally just had enough and so she finally protests like she prays lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone i mean this is the prayer of a frustrated woman tell her then to help me And I'm telling you, I I mean, I can just picture the look on Martha's face and her tone of voice when she says this to Jesus. Uh, But what does Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary, who's just sat at my feet and listened to me, has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. See, Martha was afraid to let go for fear that it wouldn't work itself out and was unable to rest because of it. And Jesus says, no, it's better to rest with me and acknowledge that you're not as important as you think. When we rest, we are saying that we trust that God is ultimately in charge. We are far more likely to make ourselves look like the busy and harried Martha preparing something for the Lord in the kitchen than we are to be like Mary who is commended for simply sitting at the feet of her Lord. This is why for most Christians, me included, it is far easier to do a hundred things than to sit quietly and pray. It's true. Most of us would love to have a hundred things to do, but to just sit and pray or to just sit and read his word, man, that's a struggle for us. It's really, really hard. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of Pascal who said, um, man's greatest problem is his uh, inability to sit alone in his room. And man, is that ever true for for us? And so anyhow, I think that leads to the last reason that we're afraid to rest. And that's because it means we have to admit we need help Uh, By its very definition, rest implies that we can't always do it. We are wearied and heavy laden, as Jesus says. What does that mean but that we are weighed down with anxiety and strife over our lives, our salvation, our relationship to God, our everything. And really, when it comes down to it, our sin. And to rest in Jesus means inherently we must admit that we need help. So then, uh, how do we find rest? Well, it just means coming clean and admitting that we need that help. It means remembering again that Jesus has already carried our sins and our struggles and our burdens on the cross and has left them in the tomb. It means remembering that our lives are are indeed too much for us to handle. The myth that God will never give you more than you can handle is just that, it's a myth. God will give you plenty, plenty, plenty every day that you can't handle. Yes, plenty. But He can handle it, so give it to Him. It means coming to Jesus as you are now, taking up his easy yoke and his light burden that you might find true rest. Luther, there's a quote that just popped up in my mind from Luther, and it goes like this, uh, Pray and let God worry. I'll say that again, pray and let God worry. That's what we're being called to do here. Let God take it. So let me uh, let me wrap all this up. Uh, Tim Kreider, the the guy I quoted at the beginning, uh, at the end of his article for the New York Times says this, quote, I suppose it's possible that I'll lie in my deathbed regretting that I didn't work harder and say everything I had to say. But I think what I'll really wish is that I could have had one more beer with Chris, another long talk with Megan, one last good hard laugh with Boyd. Life is too short to be busy yes it is work is good hard work is good it is it can bring great satisfaction and create great good for many but never forget your Savior has called you to rest